the title of this message is Lord can you hear me now and I just want to have a disclaimer or whatever that word is just before we start that I'm not here to preach it I'm here to teach it so there's a difference in my book so I'm not a preacher but I feel like I I would like to share some things with you that I've learned along the way some really important stuff about what hinders prayer and what can help prayer um, so Go ahead, Dale, next slide. What hinders prayer is what I actually taught on at the Presbyterian Church a few weeks ago. And um, so they've asked me to come back. And so I pre started preparing lesson number two, message number two, which is what helped, Dale? That's not one of my slides. All right, so next slide was what hinders prayer. That was part one. And then I've been preparing part two, which is the next slide. What helps prayer? And, um, and there we go. That's the one I've been looking for. Um, I always like to start off by just showing a little bit of my Pride and joy. That's uh, my oldest granddaughter down here is Gracia. Rena is on top. She's 11. Then we've got Felix and Phineas and Darcy, and you'll get to meet them just a little bit more in this message. But uh, thank you for letting me show you my beautiful family. And, um, and now let's just jump right in because we've got a lot to cover today. And um, so... As I was preparing that first message, 13 Hindrances to Prayer, I, I was really actually shocked by how many hindrances to prayer there were. Next slide, Dale. Oh, wait, you missed... Oh, okay, never mind. All right, it's okay, this is good. So I was actually shocked by discovering how many hindrances, according to the word, according to the word, there are to prayer. But I'm also very excited and very happy. Go back to my excited and happy because I want them to feel that. All right. That's not the one. That's the shock one. All right, next. It should be number seven, I think. Yeah, there we go. I'm so excited to discover many more helps to prayer than there, were, than there are hindrances to prayer. We're talking about in the Word. So there's 26, next slide, Dave. There we go. 26 helps for prayer. Actually, it's going to be a combination. I'm going to pull in the hindrances to prayer as well as the helps to prayer, kind of uh, combining. So we got to get started because I need to get you out of here by at least 1.30 or 2 o'clock. Again, my failed attempt at humor. We'll get you out of here in good shape, but let's pray. Oh, so Father God, we want to just welcome you in even greater fullness here in this house of prayer today. You are welcome. We love you. We love your word. We love your son, Yeshua, 
Hamashiach, Jesus, our Savior, we love you. We love you, Holy Spirit. We love your presence. We love your glory. We welcome all your fullness into this house of prayer. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Give us hearts to receive so that we can make a difference through your word, through the power of your word. Holy Spirit, you know that I know that I need you, that my words without spirit, Holy Spirit, falls to the ground. So I'm counting on you, Holy Spirit, as I always do, to anoint these words to hit the target of good soil today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, next slide. So here we are. You've prayed, you've prayed some more, you prayed harder. Sometimes you get answers, sometimes you don't. But we're talking about the ones that no answer. So you might be thinking to yourself, God, why didn't you answer? Yeah. All right, now we're, now we're on the roll. Could there be ways that can bring greater answers to prayer? Is there things that we can do scripturally that can bring more results, greater answers to prayer? Well, I'm here to tell you, yes, there absolutely is. Um, so how many of you know that it's important for us to know that the Bible has, uh, is true? I mean, how many of you agree that it's not just a historical combination of events and it's just some good stories and good, you know, illustrations and good lessons in there, that it's, it's the inspired word of God? Okay, all right, very good. So as we continue on with, um, all right, so you should be on 10. Oh, excuse me. No, you can be right there. That's all right. All right, so as we get going here, I just want you to know that there's a lot of scripture verses, but I tried to find a, a, a fun slideshow to go with it because when, when you're reading scripture verses, it can get kind of long and dry, but hopefully the slideshow will keep you just a little bit entertained and keep things moving along for us. You also may notice a little bit of overlap that's intentional. Uh, each each overlap has a different, a little bit different perspective to it. So, um, but what I want you, well, also all of the verses are New, New King James Version, unless I show it otherwise, unless it's posted up there otherwise. It's all New King James. But what I want you to do is pay attention <clears throat> to what God, what causes God to hear, what causes God to answer. That's what I want you to be tweaking your spiritual ears to hear. All right, so let's just jump right in. Help, prayer help, number one, pray with others. All right, so that is Matthew 18, 19, and 20, and it says, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Does that blow anybody else's mind? That's the kind of things that we're going to pay attention to in this teaching. Okay, so 
all we have to do now, all we have to do is figure out how to find someone who will agree. How do we, how can we agree? Next slide. Oops. How can we have a certainty of agreement? Okay, next slide. The prayer of agreement, according to Kenneth Copeland ministry, says that it is based on God's word. The prayer of agreement is based on God's word, and it gets in partnership with someone else who also believes and will agree with you according to the word, okay? So it's an agreement of the word. That's how you can be certain where two or more are gathered. You can be certain if it's an agreement with the word. So, for example, Philippians 1, 9, and 10 is a prayer that we can all agree with each other. We can agree to it because it's from the word. And so... I just want you to practice praying that right now. You probably have, many of you have already prayed it many, many times before. But let's pray it together right now. And you can pray it for the person that you're with. And if you're not with anybody, pray it for me, and I will pray it for you, okay? So Philippians 1, 9, and 10, everybody. And this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment that you may approve the things that are excellent that you may be sincere in without offense till the day of christ amen it's a powerful prayer i don't hear too many people praying it um usually but if we can get used to bringing the word into agreement in our, in our prayers. All right, prayer help number two, praying for others, praying for others. Okay, and that's Job 42.10. And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Okay, did you get that? The Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed, not only that, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before when he prayed for others all right enough said number three starts with the hindrance hindrance number three disobedience all right but help number three would be obedience yes obedience very good all right look at uh proverbs 28 9 God has no use for the prayers of the people who won't listen to him. Okay? God has no use for the prayers of the people who won't listen to him. All right, let's look at Luke 6.46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? Hmm. Okay. Well, let's look at some good news. John, 1 John 3.22. Whatever we ask we receive from him, okay? Look out, here it is. Whatever we ask, we receive from him. Why? Because we obey. We keep his commandments, and we do those things that are pleasing to him. So what are some things that could be pleasing to the Lord? Well, I gave you a list here. We're not going to go through them all. You can see there, obedience, good works, knowledge of God, walk by faith. You know, it's impossible to please God without faith, correct? Walk in the Spirit, please God, not man. Fear the Lord. Hope in his unwavering love. You see the scripture verses that every one of those validates that that 
those are things, those are ways that please the Lord. Prayer help number four. <clears throat> Repentance and confession. So Isaiah 59, 2 says this. Your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. That's Isaiah 59, 2. And again, Psalm 66, 18 also says it this way. If I regard evil in my heart, the Lord will not hear. He won't hear us. So, good news, James 5, 16. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And also, 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If my people will humble themselves and pray, turning from their wicked ways, you guys know this one by heart, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins. All right, everybody turn with me, if you will, to Psalm 3 in your Bibles. And we're going to talk about prayer help number 5. Prayer help number 5, it's cry out. You might remember the story that inspired Psalm 3. It is a story of in 2 Samuel 15 where David's son, Absalom, what this is King David's son, Absalom, won the hearts of the people. Then when he had rallied enough military support and enough uh, uh, civilian support to take his father's throne, he did. So David had to flee. He had fled from his son and began to cry out. And Psalm 3, verse 4 says, I cried to the Lord with my voice, and he heard me from his holy hill. I cried to the Lord with my voice. Well, <clears throat> so how many of you know what this is? Okay, there's a couple of you that know what this is. This is called a Strong's Exhaustive Concordance. And in the Strong's Concordance... Um, is every word of the Bible, of the, of the King James Version Bible, and um, let's see, it says, here's what it says. So is every word of the text of the common English version, which I believe is King James Version, of the authoritative word of God, <clears throat> excuse me, together with the dictionaries of the Hebrew and the Greek words of the original with references to the English words. All right, what does all that mean? So the first two-thirds of this has every word of the Bible in every location of the Bible. So let's take, for example, cried, that word of Psalm 3-4. Keep your Bibles open to Psalm 3. We'll get to it. But <clears throat> cried in here, so this first two-thirds has the word cried in every place in the Bible. There's about 200 listings or so. And it shows from Genesis to Revelation, every verse that it's in. It just shows a little excerpt of that, and it's kind of set up like a dictionary. But at the end of that little statement showing the word, it shows the, um, it shows the number of the corresponding original word. So if it's in the Old Testament, it will show a number of Hebrew word that we look, turn to the 
front then, I mean to the back, and in the last third, there's all the Hebrew words, and then there's all of the Greek words. The Hebrew is written in the Old Testament, and the Greek is written from the New Testament. So then, this is, cried is number 7121. So you look up 7121, and it tells us, it tells us how to pronounce the word, how to spell the word, how to pronounce the word, if it's a prime root, if it's a combination of other words, and everything else. So in this case, the word is kara. That word cried is kara. It's a prime root to call out, to call out to through the idea of accosting a person met. That might be something like, stop, thief. That would be a, a, a accosting. Um, it's proper, let's see, you would properly address them by name. Thief would be the proper you know, um, address of that particular, in that particular example. And, um, and so that's how you, that's how you work this concordance. So I think it's important that we expand our capacity to understand some of these things by digging in just a little bit deeper. So the word cried is a word that is, he's not being real quiet about it. As a matter of fact, if you're reading in your, um, let's see, I got this set up right. In your book of Psalms, three, I don't, but you guys have it. You will find out that David is, um, he's, he's saying these things. He's saying, Lord, I need you. Lord, my enemies have increased. They rise up against me and they trouble me. You, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory, and the one who lifts my head. Arise, O Lord. Save me, O my God. I don't know if you've ever had a person, you've never been deposed by a son or daughter, probably, but how many of you have had a co-worker that just rubs you the wrong way and, and just accuses you, and if they've gone far enough, they've turned your boss against you? That's happened to me, my friends. And guess what? I cried out to the Lord. And guess what? He heard me and he answered me. All right. Okay. So in that case, I called to the Lord loud enough that he heard me and he heard me. Now, is God hard of hearing? Absolutely not. But I'm telling you, there are so many examples in life and so many examples in the scripture that talk about God, about the people who cried out and God answered. Here, let's look at another one, Isaiah 30, 19. If he will be very gracious to you at the sound of your cry. When he hears it, he will answer you. So here's an, this, this particular cry is the word 2201, and it's pronounced za'ak. It's a shriek or an outcry from anguish or danger. It's a cry. It's an announcement. How many of you have ever been in a near-fatal accident or a near-miss near accident and had to cry out the name of Jesus? That's that word, cry. So again, it's, it's, you won't need to cry out like that every day, but there are occasions in life when that's the kind of cry that our God hears and answers. One more. And there, let, tell me, I... 
I mean, I will tell you, there are many examples of this, but one more example is in Psalm 107.6, then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of all of their distresses. That is 68.17, tsa'ak. It's a prime root, to shriek, to proclaim an assembly call together, gather. That would be like on the night Paul Revere was on the midnight ride, and what was he saying? The British are coming, the British are coming, a call to arms, a call to arms. So I just imagine that, not, not, that as the men were running out the door with their guns, the women were gathering together also, and they were crying out and saying, Lord, the British are coming, the British are coming. Protect our men, protect our families. All right, prayer help number six. Faith and believing. So number um, 41, Dale, is this is a hindrance, is lack of faith. That's one of the hindrances, but we're combining these. So this is a character who you may be able to identify with, maybe not, but have you ever said these words? Well, you probably won't answer, but I guess I'll ask anyway, just in case. All right, well, the next character, help, prayer help number six character, says, I know you will answer, so I'm going to ask big. Okay, so let's look at a big ask. Mark eleven twenty three says, whoever says to this mountain, that sounds like a big ask coming, doesn't it? Be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. There it is again. There it is again. That it's, it's, it actually is kind of hard to believe that. But the word is true. Whatever we say, if we don't doubt, we will receive. So remember earlier in Matthew 18 when we talked about the two agreeing according to anything they ask, and also in 1 John 3, when we talked about whatever we ask, we receive because we obey and please God? Well, here it is again. Um, we will get whatever we receive. We will receive whatever we ask, is a better way to put it, when we don't doubt but disbelieve. So I just want to say at this point, you know, maybe I will get my preach on. I said I wasn't a preacher. I'm really not, but maybe I'll get my preach on just for this to say, come on, can you see the promises attached? Can you see the promises attached to the word? So what, what we got to do is we got to figure it out. We got to figure out what are we missing? Because if we can understand and explode the truth from what we read into our actions in prayer, we will see an increase in answers, I guarantee it. But in the meantime, let's find out why doubt is such a, um, a bummer for prayer. James 1, 6b through 7 says, For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Let not that man think he will receive anything from the Lord. A double-minded man, in verse 1, 8, is unstable in all of his ways. You see, the word double-minded speaks of a person who is emotionally divided, almost as if he has two souls. A double-minded person musters up 
faith for just a season, but when things go long without change, they revert back to doubting God. So what now? Oh, um, let's see, to doubting. So um, let's see, what did I miss here? Oh, there's no real peace for the believers who are double-minded. They feel constantly pulled in one direction or another. It's like when a person comes to the fork in the road and he prays, oh, Lord, which way should I go? Which way should I go? Which? Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm sure you're saying this way. I'm, I'm sure you are, so I'm going to go up this way. And you get going, and after a block or two, you go, oh, no, this, this, this isn't right. I don't think this is right. I don't think this is right. So you go back to the fork, and you start going up the other way, and you get going a little ways, and you're looking around, and you go, oh, no, I, don't, I, don't, I think the other way was the right way. I don't think this is right. So you go back, and you... And this is the pattern of a double-minded friend, or double-minded person. It can, it makes it almost impossible for, for you to receive anything from the Lord, doesn't it? So I just want to say that if that's you, my friend, you may need to have some emotional healing from uh, what keeps you from believing in God's goodness. And if that's you, my friend, I invite you to call, text, or email me, 760-2668, or my email address tmgblessings at gmail.com I've had some training in that area maybe I can help maybe in the meantime let let us ask in faith without doubting that's the that's in that same um, oops same verses of James James 1 6a all right Prayer help number seven. How are we doing? We doing okay so far? I'm not seeing much. Help number seven, abiding. This is prayer help number seven. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you wish and it shall be done for you. It's like, wait, what? There it is again. This is over and over and over. We've got to figure this out. If we abide in Jesus and his words abide in us, we can ask whatever we want and it will be done. So maybe we ought to figure out what is abiding and how do we do it. So the Strong's, this is a, um, let's see, is this a Strong's Greek word or is this a Hebrew word? Is it a Greek? Okay. So it must be a New Testament word and it's meno. Or, yeah, meno. Not meno, meno. And it means to stay, continue, dwell, endure, be present, remain, stand. So I'm going to go into that just a little bit with some help from some other outside resources. But I just want you to say, I, I just want to say that it's, that we don't fool God with our lips if our heart's not with us. It shows that clearly in Matthew 15, 8. It says, these people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. So Christian author John L. Rotha <clears throat> says this about abiding. Quote, to abide in Christ means to intentionally remain in an ever-growing relationship with him that transforms our character to be more like his. Abiding in Christ means allowing God to work through us to transform us so that we can transform others through us. In other words, abiding is partnering with Holy Spirit so closely 
that we naturally think, sound, and act like Jesus. In today's vernacular, we sink to the power of God through Holy Spirit. So abiding is praying regularly, reading and meditating on God's word, honoring God in everything we do. But most important, I want to emphasize, most important is partnership with Holy Spirit. Now, I would unpack that a little bit more, but actually that's in the next half of this teaching. Um, So we're just going to keep going with prayer help number eight. Knowing God's word. So here's where the overlap comes in. It says in John 15, 7, it's the same verse, if you abide in me, and my, this time we're focusing on words, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you wish, and it will be done for you. So again, we're still questioning, how can this be? How do we figure this out? So in Isaiah 55, 11, it says, so shall my word be, that's the word of God, that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it will accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the things which I sent it. So if we say the word of God the same thing, when, when God says it, we get to say it. We get the answers. I don't know if that was real clear, but we'll be covering that just a little bit more later also. In an excerpt from In Christ Alone, Sinclair Ferguson states this. Quote, abiding in Christ means allowing his word, my throat is getting really scratchy. Abiding in Christ means allowing his word to fill our minds, direct our wills, and transform our affections. In other words, our relationship to Christ is intimately connected to what we do with our Bibles. Tom Smith says this, the best way to learn to abide in his word is to pray read the word of God. We did that earlier with Philippians. Pray read the word, that is to use the Bible as the inspiration and source of our prayers. This practice helps us to use our spirit to touch the spirit of of the word. But in your everyday reading of the word, be watching for uh, ways to take that word and identify how it, how, it, um, how it connects to your life or the life of someone you're praying for and pray that word for them. Um, so also follow-up practice is <clears throat> if you're praying, if you're reading the word, maybe there's a prayer of repentance or confession that would be connected to that verse. Doing an act of kindness or whatever it is that the Lord might speak to you. All right, let's just move right up to uh, slide 65, Dale. Help number nine. We're cruising right along here. Give to the poor. Whoever shuts his ear to the cry of the poor will also cry himself and not be heard. Okay? That says it pretty clearly. Then Proverbs 19.17 says, Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he, will, he the Lord, will reward. He will reward them for what they have done. All right, so you know the story of Cornelius? He was from the Italian regiment who was a devout man and one who feared God. 
Okay, so he was visited by the angel of the Lord one day, and he's talking, having this exchange, everyday exchange with an angel, and <clears throat> he's asking, okay, well, what is it, Lord? And the angel said, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up before the Lord as a memorial offering before God. So God heard his prayers because of, of the gifts to the poor. That was a part of it. That was a contributing factor to his, him hearing his prayer. So, of course, you all know the end of that story. The whole household, Cornelius and his whole household, was saved, baptized with the Holy Spirit and saved. And, of course, um, oh, let's see, did I miss one? Oh, yeah. Prayer help number 10. Getting close to the end, don't worry. Put God first. You are to have no substitutes other than God as a substitute for me. This is kind of a no-brainer, so we're not going to spend a lot of time on this at all. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's Matthew 6, 33. And all these things shall be added unto you. So seek first the kingdom of God. That's prayer help uh, number whatever it was, number 10. All right, prayer help number 11. Let's just jump right to that. Prayer help number 11, trusting in the Lord. I want to give you a chance to read that. I thought it was so cute. <clears throat> Psalm 3740 says this, And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them, because they trust in him. All right? So the Strong's word for trust in this case is kasa, and it is a prime root. It is to flee for protection, to confide in, to have hope in, make refuge, put trust. So trust in the Lord. Help, prayer help number 12. Pure motive. You do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. All right, so some pure motive prayers include this. Praying for his glory, praying for, the com for Christ to conform us into his image. Prayers that advance his kingdom on the earth. Prayers for souls to come to know him. Prayers for the betterment of another. The body of Christ, prayers for the body of Christ to be edified and equipped to serve and fulfill. All right, and our last one for today. And there's 26 of them. We're only doing half of them. There's only, this is number 13, last one. Fervency. James 5, 16b says, The effective, fervent prayer of the righteous man avails much. We hear that quoted all the time. All the time. I don't know if you guys do, but I do all the time. What does fervent mean? It means very hot, glowing, fervent like the sun, exhibiting or marked by great intensity of feeling, Zealous, ardent, blazing, burning, emotional, fiery, feverish, flaming, red-hot, impassioned, intense, superheated, passionate. Does that sound like any of you guys' prayers? Just kidding, just kidding. Because, you know, really, we don't need to have that kind of fervency every day, do we? Of course not, no. And, by the way, all, all of these things, I'm, no, I'm, not, I'm not the, you know... Um, resident expert on any of this. I'm still in the process of learning and, and growing, and there are no 
wrong prayers to the Lord from a sincere heart. But there are some times when different styles of prayer, if you're needing answers, there's some styles of prayer that get more answers than others. That's all I'm saying, all right? Um, So I'll bring up that picture again of my family. And this time you see a red arrow pointing to my daughter, Darcy. On September 5th, 2013, I, I received the, the worst text that a mother could ever receive from a daughter or from a child. You see, my daughter for months had been contacting me along the way every couple of weeks saying, Mom, I've, I've got this, you know, nagging cough and I have this symptom and that symptom. I have this my lymph nodes are swollen and I'd say, oh, well, go to the doctor. What does the doctor say? Well, they put me on antibiotics. Oh, well, the antibiotics didn't work. So they took some blood tests. Well, the blood tests didn't show anything. So, well, go to the nutritionist guy. The nutritionist guy piled her up with all this stuff. But guess what that text said? That text said, Mom, I'm in the emergency room at the Cheyenne Hospital. And they found a mass, a huge mass in front of my heart. They think it's cancer. She was 27 years old, engaged, healthy, read her labels, had just enrolled in a master's degree program in health and nutrition. She was diagnosed with stage three diffused large B cell lymphoma in operable tumors. One of her tumors, the big one that they found in front of her heart, was a tumor that hit the top 10% of size, or the largest, in all of recorded tumor sizes in America. It was nine point thirteen or nine by thirteen centimeters. Evidently that's pretty huge. Inoperable. Well, I've got a whole testimony I could give about all the miracles that God did that day. Next slide, please. But let me tell you, I and many others prayed a lot of fervent prayers during that eight-month period. Ardent, blazing, burning, flaming, red-hot, emotional, impassioned, intense, fiery, feverish, superheated, passionate prayers. And, of course, you can see on April 14th, By the hand and mercy of God, through persistent and fervent prayer of many, and of course the excellent medical staff, she was pronounced cured, thanks be to God. Married to Jeremy Groves on September 27th, 2014. Next slide. And when the doctors at first had said, her oncologist at first said, you know, this is very aggressive, we have to get right on this, we've got to get this 
I can't remember the name of the protocol they wanted to put her on at first, but it was the most, it was one of the most, uh, I think it's called CHOP, CHOP R or something like that. Anyway, most uh, um, harsh because it called, it was an aggressive cancer and it called for an aggressive therapy. And um, so there's another whole story about how we got a second opinion and changed her protocol that actually saved her life. But they were saying at that point, at that, the beginning point is, we don't know that she will ever be able to have babies after that. Of course, you can see Felix Xavier Gross, born September 14, 2016, and Phineas Lee Gross, born September 27, 2018. You know, I just want to say that my name is G-R-O-S-Z, my daughter married a guy with the name G-R-O-S-S. -S. I don't know if you caught that or not, but. All right. So there you are. That's the first half, 13 uh, helps to prayer with a little bit of hindrances incorporated in there. So I just want to close again by saying, you know, there's no perfect, there's no, no one that has a corner market on the perfect prayer every time, obviously, but. Author, pastor, and speaker Max Locato says this in closing. He says, Our prayers may be awkward. Our attempts may be feeble. But since the power of prayer is, the, is in the one who hears it and not in the one who says it, our prayers do make a difference. Let's pray. So, Father God, we just want to thank you for your word that is powerful and trustworthy. And it's truth. It doesn't change. It goes out. It doesn't return void. It accomplishes that which you send it to accomplish. And, Lord, we thank you that you hear our prayers. You hear the humblest, quietest, meekest prayers. You hear the loudest screams, the most fervent, the most impassioned. You hear everything in between. We just want to say to you, oh God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for hearing our prayers. Thank you that we can come to you and speak to you almost face to face because the Holy Spirit in us, because of what your son, Yeshua HaMashiach, did for us on that cross. So now take th this, your word, and bring about fruit that will last and bless these beautiful family, this beautiful family here with greater truth about how approachable you are and how willing you are to hear and to answer. We pray this all in the name of your son. Amen. If anybody would like prayer afterwards, Please come forward and we will be happy to pray with you and for you.